Hey, kibitzers. Welcome to our special one-year anniversary Hanukkah episode. I just want to start off by saying a sincere thank you to all of you for listening. I really appreciate that you actually listen to the show. And I want to ask a favor. Uh, we would love your feedback. We are working on putting an online poll uh, on our website, which is kibitzpod.com. And you can also just email us at kibitzpod at gmail.com or tweet us at kibitzpod and just let us know what you loved, what you hated, what you'd like to hear more of and possibly less of on next year's episodes. And please head over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Uh, it would really help us out. It's facebook.com slash the kibitz. And of course, a review on iTunes. Would it kill you? Speaking of next year, we are looking for a new sponsor. So if you're interested in sponsoring the kibitz, uh, you got deep pockets, uh, you just, you're feeling generous, uh, or you know of somebody who might be interested in sponsoring the kibitz, please let us know so we can keep going. Now, this Hanukkah episode of the kibitz is all about the game of dreidel. In my humble opinion, without question, the lamest game ever invented. It's just, I mean, it's a terrible game. I think we can all uh, agree on that. But but why was it invented? And could it be made to suck less? Well, I found out that it can when I discovered the Spinagogue and Major League Dreidel. Yes, that exists. I was in Austin, Texas in August hosting the U.S. Air Guitar National Championships because, well, that's my summer job, people. And I ran into a guy named Eric Pavoni who, as it turns out, is the founder and commissioner of Major League Dreidel and the genius behind the Spinagogue, a completely awesome dreidel-based board game. Competitive dreidel is real, he told me, and I was sold. We had a hilarious conversation at his Full Circle Bar in Austin, which is also home to Brewski Ball, a competitive ski ball league he runs, but that's another story. And I loved his tale about reinventing the game of dreidel that all began in his family kitchen after a drunken vodka latka party a few years ago. I discovered that Eric is an obsessive entrepreneur who's taken a fundamentally boring, crappy game that's existed for thousands of years and miraculously made it not suck. We also have an excerpt from Dreidels on the Brain, a great kids book for Hanukkah by writer Joel Ben Izzy. Now this year, the first night of Hanukkah lands on Christmas Eve, which I find incredibly convenient. I wish it were always that way. I'll be cooking latkes and brisket for my in-laws up in Yorkshire, that's in the north of England, and uh, if I know my in-laws, they'll be supplying the vodka, and lots of it. Now, if you're looking for a good latka recipe, be sure to listen to our very first episode, which features Micah Wexler of Wexler's Deli in Los Angeles and his secret latka recipe. You will not be disappointed. I made it last year. It was delicious. And again, seriously, thank you for listening. Please spread the word so that we can keep going. So now, top up your drink and get ready to take a spin with this dreidelrific episode of The Kibitz. Eric Pavoni is the ski-eo of Brewski Ball. Yeah, a lot of puns in this episode, sorry. And the owner of the Full Circle Bar in Austin, Texas. He's the commissioner of Major League Dreidel and the man behind the Spinagogue. 
His entire adult life, it seems, has been dedicated to turning formerly uninteresting or forgotten pastimes into legitimate sports. We spoke at his bar in Austin, Texas. Uh, my name's Eric Pavoni. I am the commissioner of Major League Dreidel and uh, owner of Full Circle Bar. That's where we are. It's a ski ball house in, in uh, East Austin. And uh, you're about to demonstrate, he's got this table set up here that is clearly he made, you had this produced, and it's kind of like a beautifully uh, artistically rendered table called Target Tops, Major League Dreidel, and um, there's two holes on each side. It's kind of like a shuffleboard table in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I often describe Target Tops, I say it's, it's sort of a, a marriage between uh, shuffleboard and cornhole. All right, and this, so this, this table is about what, like two by eight? Yeah, this is, uh, it's actually uh, uh, 28 inches by eight feet. And that's the kind of regulation standard for Major League Dreidel that you have established? For target tops, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, the idea, so, I mean, do you want to know how this game got? Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Okay, spin vented. The, so Major League Dreidel started as a, it, it started as a Hanukkah party, basically. My mom throws the most epic Hanukkah parties of all time. And this is back in, I think, 2006. Um, she was throwing a Hanukkah party at the house, and there was family there and friends. And, uh, and we were just you know, drinking tons of vodka and eating tons of latkes. And uh, uh, things got you know, pretty, uh, pretty fun and got pretty late, and a few people uh, stayed. And uh, I was sitting there, and I, was, I started to spin uh, the dreidel that my mom had on the table. And she had the dreidels on all the tables, and on all the plates, and, um, and it occurred to me that like no one had played them at all that night. Um, they were s they were solely there for like ornate and artistic and decorative purposes. Um, and not one adult picked up a dreidel and spun it. And um, so I was sitting there drinking and laughing and telling stories, and I was just spinning the dreidel. And I was seeing how long I could keep it spinning in front of me. And uh, I thought I was doing a pretty damn good job. And so, like, in my house, everything's competitive. We make a game out of everything. And uh, so I, I kind of stopped the conversation and said, hey, I bet I could spin this dreidel longer than all you guys. And uh, I gave everybody a dreidel. And, uh, you know, someone had a stopwatch. And uh, we started spinning. And one thing led to another. And uh, it started getting extremely competitive, extremely fun. We started talking strategy, you know, how one person holds it versus another person. Some people spin it clockwise, some spin it counterclockwise. Um, my dad was instantly the best because he typically is uh, and at silly games. And, uh, and we started spinning and screaming and pumping our fists and laughing and... Uh, and I was like, this is what dreidel should be. This is what a Hanukkah party should be. I was like, What's, what happened to the dreidel? You know? And uh, someone's got to bring this thing back or at least, at least put a fresh modern spin, spin. on the game. Uh, and, uh, and so it was a great night. And, uh, and, and sort of a whole year went by. You know? And uh, you know, it started creeping up towards, uh, towards December. Uh, I think it was probably around Thanksgiving. Um, when I was like, didn't I come up with some dreidel thing? And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that was fun. And so I actually spent some time like working on some sort of structure and, and you know, a, a competitive, uh, 
you know, organization that can oversee, uh, a, you know, a sanctioned dreidel tournament. And uh, I hosted a, a pretty casual um, first ever Major League Dreidel event at Sidewalk Cafe uh, in the East Village. Um, there was, I think, uh, 32 spinners at the, in the first tournament. And, um, and you know, I just, I just sort of upped the fun and upped the drama. We did it on a stage. We had a band play. And uh, it was awesome. Like, the winner went home with, like, a year's supply of chocolate gelt. Um, and that was, the, it's a lot of guilt or it's actually not that much cause you don't yeah, really want to eat it's too like much box. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, and so that, and it was really fun and it worked extremely well. And like, everyone was like, man, that was the best Hanukkah experience I've ever had. Um, and, uh, and I said, man, this is something here bigger, bigger than just, you know, a silly game. Like this is something that can have legs and actually get people psyched about Judaism, about Hanukkah, and about the dreidel, which, you know, was a game that, you know, for many, many years, I mean, it was invented in the second century, or, or the story comes from the second century, right, with the temple and, and Jews spinning uh, dreidel, or uh, dreidels to, um, uh, the, the story is that they're, they're spinning dreidels as a decoy, because they're, they're trying to read Torah, um, and, uh, and like the Greek Syrian army wouldn't allow them to read Torah, so they would kind of sneak out uh, the books and try to read and then when when the the soldiers would come they would like spin a dreidel to just pretend like nope nope nothing nothing to see here um i'm pretty sure that's the story you might want to fact check yeah, it. It sounds, i mean you know like all these stories it's it's as good as you're gonna get i think yeah i think that's where the dreidel came from and then uh it really is a game but it's a boring game and uh and i say that with love like when we used to play in hebrew school growing up like we played it for raisins or peanuts you know and like or pennies um you try to play with your grandmother and you know very quickly like you get kind of bored of it um only four things can happen and uh it's all chance and uh i think kids and adults alike sort of you know they they get tired of it quickly so what, what we did with major league dreidel was come up with uh a more a more dynamic way to play the dreidel and actually um, sort of infuse a little bit of skill um, and a little bit of like chutzpah chutzpah there it is yeah theater yeah yeah okay so walk me through how you play this game oh well I should explain how I came up with this idea so we, we started there's two games right there's the spinagogue which is the first ever dreidel spinning stadium and then there's target tops which is uh, a table game um, that's similar to cornhole and shuffleboard um Dreidel, the first problem that we had um, with creating a, a sport around the concept of dreidel was that sports need to have a home. You know, football is played on a field, baseball is played on a diamond, tennis is played on a court. Um, and so for the longest time, you know, dreidel was played just on some kind of surface. And, uh, and the problem with that was that you would spin it and the, the dreidel would go everywhere. Um, and so, you know, you need, you, we needed to one, have a, a spinning field, so to speak. And, uh, that, that gave me the idea for the spinagogue, which was an enclosure, uh, where competitive dreidel, all the spinning and the winning and the guilt and the glory takes place. And, uh, and so that, that, that's what we did with the spinagogue. And then I said, I was like, that's great. And that product is amazing. And, and, and that game is all about how long can you spin the dreidel in a confined space? Um, but target tops is, is kind of. Um, built on hanging around a table with my family, you know, during dinner or parties or whatever, drinking, eating, and then a game would just inevitably happen. I said, well, let's, let, maybe, maybe we could do this. So I had my dad go down 
the the long end of the of the table in the kitchen, and I was like, "Yeah, stay right there. I'm gonna stay right here." There was no holes on it at the time. There was no uh, there was no scoring zones. Obviously, it was just my mom's uh, wooden table, and uh, I started spinning it to him, and he started spinning it back, and we we just sort of went back and forth for a while, just kind of rallied, and uh, I was like, "Okay, here's the game. It's closest to the closest to the edge without going over." Right. Um, and as soon as as soon as that became the game, it became really fun. And uh, you know, the dreidel would go down the table and it would bite. You know, it would have that backspin and it would bite like a, like a golfer hitting a really awesome shot that spins back to the cup. Um, so it would bite, and uh, and then it would spin, and you would just hope that it would die before falling off. And uh, you know, there was some cockiness involved, some ego. Like if I had a good spin from one side of the table, I would walk to the other and just kind of stand there, like put my arm on my dad's shoulder and just kind of watch it and be like, hey, that's pretty beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and though, so, so as I continued to sort of like beta test this idea, um, I was like, we need holes, man. Holes will change the game like they often do. Uh, and so I, I sort of made a, had a cardboard, like a, like a, I guess a prototype. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it was clear that it worked, but it needed to be more robust. So, the guys that built the bar in, in New York, uh, they, they just, they, they built it. They were like, yeah, well, we have a lot of projects going on, you know, but you know, we'll, we'll throw this in there for you. Three months later, they're like, hey, that table thing is ready for you. And they brought it over and I was just blown away by how unbelievably beautiful it was, how incredibly well built it was. It was w beyond my wildest dreams. We brought it into the bar in New York for a Hanukkah party and we just left it out. Everyone loved it. It's, it's, it's a regular bar game. And you can see there's a, you know, there's a shin, a nun, a hay, and a gimel on the board. You know, it says Major League Dreidel, but um, everybody and anybody played it. They didn't like, it wasn't like, what is this foreign thing? It was like, holy shit, is this like a new bar game? Like, this is rad. This is really fun. When, when non-Jews walk into the bar here, especially in Texas, there's, you know, a lot less Jews here than in New York, I'm finding. Uh, when they walk in here, like one, they're, they, they sort of, um, they fall in love with the game just because it's, it's super fun to play. Um, but then they start asking questions like, what are those symbols? And I'm like, oh, those aren't symbols. Those are Hebrew letters. You know, oh, really? What are they? You know, Shin, Nun, Hei, Gimel. What, what does that mean? And I explained to them, well, it's part of the original game. And, you know, Shin means put and Nun means none and Gimel means all. And, you know, Hei means half. And I explained the rules of, of the dreidel and, um, and how it came to be. And they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't even know like dreidel had anything on it. And then I explained to them, oh yeah, man, you know, it's like, there's, there's a spinagogue right there. I bring out the spinagogue and, and all of a sudden, like it's a little history lesson. It's like Hebrew school in a bar. So yeah, it's a great gateway into Judaism for Jews that are kind of on the fence, you know, or, or Jews that are trying to get back into it or people that have never met a Jew or know nothing about Judaism. Like one Hanukkah is, you know, it's our Christmas. It's probably, if you know anything and you know, Hanukkah and Jews. Right. And so, um, if you're not religious, like I'm not religious, you know, I think I'm spiritual, um, for sure. And, you know, I'm a Jew that, uh, I love the traditions. Like it's all about the traditions, the food, the family, you know, the events, the celebrations. Um, and, uh, like, that's how I relate to Judaism. Like, I mean, there's unbelievable magic in, you know, uh, Jewish holidays and all holidays. But like the dreidel for Hanukkah was was just kind of like it was just got lost and uh, it became like just meaningless. And so I wanted to add some more value to the game. And uh, and now, like when like if you come to a major league dreidel event, like, you know, we've had sold out shows at rock clubs where, you know, two spinners are going head to head and, and it's it's. It's as dramatic and electrifying as like any 
sport you've ever seen. And it's crazy for me to say without uh, you having that visual, but like competitive dreidel is real. And, uh, and, and, and honestly, like the, the, the touch that it requires to deploy the dreidel in such a fashion that it's, you know, stays spinning for, for a long period of time, the touch that it takes um, is, is legit. And to do it under pressure with 400 people watching you and sweaty palms and sweaty fingertips and the other guy just spun a 13.7 and you need a 13.8 or higher to win, and you got, you got the spin zone walls. They feel like they're just caving in on you. And, you know, you got one shot at it. And so it's, it's kind of like, you know, you could hit a foul shot, you know, on a, on a court by yourself a thousand times in a row. But can you, can you do it on national TV to, to, to win the big game? Yeah. Are there, are there dreidel groupies? Yeah, well, so, I mean, typically, typically it's, it's, you know, the guys, the guys and girls with the best names have the best groupies. Yeah. Um, What's, what are some of the best uh, spinner, spinner names? Uh, well, Spinderella, Spinny the Pooh, uh, Andreadle the Giant, uh, Jimmy Gimmel, um, Spincredible Hulk, Spinglorious Bastard. Spin Doctor? Is that, uh, Spin Doctor, absolutely. Ula Latka, Oscar De La Menorah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, that's, I want to stretch. Um, my favorite one ever, though, was uh, Ricky Stinkfingers. Uh, that's his air guitar name, uh, as you know. Um, he was Yom Kippur, some sugar on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that's that. Insane. Yeah. How would he do? Uh, he he was more about the showmanship than yeah. the spinning. Yeah. yeah. That's it's uh, it comes down to that. All right. What did we get, like? One. Give me a spin. Let's see how this sounds. Are you gonna commentate? Yeah, I'll commentate. All right, so he's uh, he's loading up. He's starting behind the uh, the safe zone here uh, on his side of the table. He's spinning. Well, that was a good spin. All right, it's so on the other side of the table. We're gonna walk over here. Oh, it's now now it's kind of halfway between which one is this? That's none. None and shin, right? Yeah. So what? Where, where would the judges? Uh, so it has to be fully in the zone to count. So that would be a shin. So that would be one point. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so a shin is one. Gimel is two. Yeah, so a shin is one. None. none is two. Hay is three. Gimel is four. And then in the hole is called a spinny dip. That's an automatic five points. Now, like the game revolves around getting it in the hole, like getting a spinny dip. It's unbelievably satisfying to do and incredibly fun to watch happen. And so like... When, when the dreidel does like spin near the hole, like half the people in the room are cheering for the guy that spun it for it to go in and the other half are cheering for the other person for it not to go in. So it creates this really cool few seconds where, where uh, you, you, you just don't know if it's going to drop in or not. And when, when, it, when, it, when the dreidel does go in for the spinny dip, um, the crowd goes crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So the point scoring though is, is neat. Um, it, it involves skill, but there's all, I like the element of chance as well because that's sort of the original dreidel game. So when the dreidel lands in the zone, if it's on the same letter as, it, as the zone, it's double point value. So I was, I was going to yeah, guess that because, right. uh, so, yeah, so yeah. you incorporate the actual letters on the dreidel. Yeah. And, right. That's yep. nice. So, I like so that. Shin shin would be two. Nun nun would be four. Hey, hey would be six, gimmel gimmel would be eight. And then the way you play a spinny dip is it, when it drops into the hole, it's an automatic five, and then you take it out and whatever faces up, you add that point value to it. So a spinny dip shin would be a six. 
a spinny dip nun would be a seven. The highest point uh, shot that you can get in one spin would be a spinny dip gimmel, which would be five in the hole plus four, nine. And you played a 21. That's awesome. But uh, I always make time for major league dreidel tournaments as Hanukkah approaches. Um, one year we did 14 tournaments nationally for major league dreidel. We did them in different cities. With this, you traveled with a table? No, it was all done in the spinagogue. Okay. Um, which is a, a much easier game to, to ship and move around. All right, so here we are. We're looking at the spinagogue, which is a—it's like an actual thing that exists, and it's. But right now, it's not for sale. This is no, like it's on sale at majorleagueradle.com. Um, we still have some some inventory left, uh, and uh, it's in Brooklyn. And my mom will ship it to you. <laughs> Seriously, Libby. Libby, Libby will uh, yeah. Libby Pavoni. If you're lucky, she'll include some Libby's latkes in there as well. Really? All right. Sign me up for that. All right. So uh, walk me through this thing. Okay. So like I said, dreidel, it needed a playing uh, area. It needed a playing home, um, like football on a field, tennis on a court, baseball on a diamond. Uh, the dreidel now has a, a spinagogue, um, which is a stadium uh, for spinning, winning, guilt, and glory, as I like to say. And um, when I came up with the idea for it, I was like, all right. What are the kind, the different kinds of, you know, sort of stadiums, you know, are there? Well, the baseballs are diamonds, boxing rings are rings, uh, but no, they're squares, right? So I was like, man, it shouldn't just be a square. It's got to be a cool shape. And then I started thinking about, okay, if you're spinning, you know, there needs to be more walls to potentially hit and not really that many um, corners. And um, so I just thought of a square as being too boring. And then I started thinking about shapes and I was like, wait a second shapes i know the best shape ever the star of david one it's beautiful and two it's it's the perfect what is this one two three four five six sex sextagon is that a thing sure uh so i was like man the inside of, i never thought about the inside of a star of david before you know i just think of like you know it's just got six points but um the inside of a star of david is a really dope uh, shape and space to do things inside of. So I, I literally sketched the Star of David and uh, on a piece of paper um, and took a dreidel out and just started spinning in there and just kind of visualizing where the dreidel might potentially go um, and how it, how it might flow and how it might look. And I was like, yeah, there's something to this. So I built like a whiteboard sample like myself and was like, okay, cool, this, this is going to work. Um, the next thing was, all right, how do I really build this? I was like, I could design this. Me and my buddy Fisk, we designed it uh, as far as like just what it was going to look like, just the branding of it and just, you know, the, the funkiness of it. I was like, but who's going to build this? I was like, all right, I got to talk to a game manufacturer. Who makes games, board games and stuff? I was like, you know what? Maybe I should call my cousin Scott. My cousin Scott um, is in packaging. Uh, and uh, so I, I went to his office and I explained to him what I'm trying to do. And he, he just stopped me. He goes, dude, we can make this for you. And so he showed me a few things. I was like, okay. He was like, let me guys, let me guys you know, run with this for a little bit. Um, give them the specs and everything. And I did. And then sure enough, they whipped this thing up and it was unbelievable. And so he, and I said to him, when I said I wanted to be a Star of David, I was like, that's probably unrealistic, right? If we're going to make a product, it can't be a Star of David. How the hell is that going to work like for shipping purposes? Like you can't have a Star of David box, right? And I was like, then all the triangles are probably going to break off and stuff. And uh, so, like, I, 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 think, I think one of his dudes uh, came out and was like, oh, man, that's no problem, dude. We'll just make them flip up. 
we'll just make them flip up from underneath. And I was like, flip up from underneath? He's like, yeah, we'll put like a living hinge in there. And, uh, oh, you know, that's going to be, he was like, that was going to be, that's going to be an issue. How do they, uh, how do they stay? Oh, magnets. No problem. Yeah. We'll put a hinge there. Magnets. Then just flip right under. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you guys are geniuses. And, uh, and so, yeah, that like when I, when I do that, when I actually show someone the spinagogue for the first time and it, it goes from like that, that little sexagon, sextagon shape into the, and it, trans, it literally transforms into the Star of David, like there is a <gasps> moment, you know, and uh, I still have it. I love doing it every time. And so the idea is the stars, uh, the points of the star is where you keep your dreidel. It's where you keep your guilt. Um, and... Uh, and then the inside uh, of the Star of David is the, the spinning uh, surface, the spinning zone. Um, and uh, like I said, the concept here uh, for the spinagogue is all based on how long can you spin the dreidel in a confined uh, space. And uh, as tournament rounds progress, we have these different uh, spin zones that go in and it makes the, the spinning zone smaller, the spinning surface uh, smaller. So it becomes harder and harder to keep it spinning because the smaller the space, the more precise you have to be. And uh, if you hit a wall. Oh. Yep. So yeah, he just hit a wall and yep, he went that, down. That's called, we call that, a, um, so when you hit the wall, we call that a kiss. Um, and, uh, and sometimes uh, a kiss could be a, a good thing um, and, and it could ricochet. So if, if, if you have a kiss and a ricochets, that means it hit the wall and sometimes could potentially pick up spin if it hits the right the right uh, part of the dreidel, or you can have a kiss of death, which is just, it hits the wall and immediately comes to uh, a stop. Um, so one of the things, so we, so we, the first step was creating a professional spinning stadium for the game, a place where competitive professional dreidel uh, uh, could be enjoyed. And, and, uh, and then the next thing was really sort of like coming up with um, strategy. Like the more we started to play, you know, people started uh, doing things that, that gave them an edge like um, like any sport, like you have to, you know, you need you need terminology to discuss what's happening. So, okay, here we go. Spinology, the four phases of a spin: the release, the orbit, the wobbles, the finish, the conclusion of a wobbles phase, when the dreidel comes to a complete rest on its side. Oh, dude, you're gonna love this one. Uh, it's called a four spin, and uh, it's an unorthodox way to spin in major league dreidel. But many spinners enjoy this style when the dreidel is spun head up spinning on its stem. Wow. Yeah, so, so what you do is you, you, you basically um, sort of invert your hand. It's the same, you're holding the dreidel the same way as you would spinning it traditionally on its head, but you literally flip your hand over and spin it in the air, allowing the dreidel, if you're, if you're good enough, to come smashing down on its stem, and if you hit it gracefully, Wow, which he did. It's like sitting, that's amazing. Yeah. It's now spinning on its stem, and it did not hit a wall. It did not, yeah, that was pretty good That's spin. pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's called a four spin. Um, Let me see if I can try a four spin. I don't think I can do it. No, I'm terrible. Kiss of death. Kiss Jesus, of death. kiss of death. I'm getting, I'm getting kiss of death on my four spin. <laughs> no, I can't do it. All right, I knew I couldn't do it. This guy's a professional. So, so the, this is the spinometer. Okay. And the spinometer keeps the time of spin, um, and that's predominantly what the spinagogue is used for. But there are other fun games that you can play, um, like, for instance, dreidel baseball, which is called spinnings. Um, three shins, you're out. 
And so, so this is called a, a spinning terrain. So we made these terrains and the, the idea was, you know, um, we can make these, you know, we can make as many of these as we want. So if we came up with new games, you know, we could continually just release more right. terrains. If you have a spinagogue, just buy more terrains, right? So the terrain is like, it's like basically like a piece of kind of thin cardboard, yeah. uh, paperboard. And it's got, this one I'm looking at is the spinnings, which is baseball. It looks like it's got a baseball field on it. you got different letters, second base, obviously third base home run. Um, Where the yeah. cradle falls is, is what you get. So you start spinning on home plate. Oh man, that's a great spin. It's a good spin. Well, you're so that's like right on the pitcher. So I'm, right, I'm in the infield right there, and but but you know could get a kick. Okay, yeah. see that was, that was a foul ball. Yeah. So um, it landed in foul territory. So that was a foul. So you don't have to land on the letter. It's no, just no, that it's whole just territory. As yeah, exactly. So you can see down the line is 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 a is a double. You know, sort of in the gaps is a triple, and then uh, you know. Uh, dead deep center is a home run. So like if I hit a single, I would take a piece of gelt and put it on first base. And then if my buddy hit a triple, you know, you would take my gelt that was on first base and round the bases and that gelt would go home and then you would put it in your little triangle. Nice. And so it's a bet, so runs are gelt and whoever has the most gelt at the end wins. Um, and then there's a... Does this ship with some gelt inside? No, no. Uh, it's BYOG. <laughs> And then, and then there's other spin, spinning uh, terrains um, that are just for fun. Like you can spin on lockers if you'd like. Why not? An appetite for spin. Um, and then you can spin on some gelt. Um, and then just to show people how far you could take this, you can actually even spin on the moon. Uh, one giant spin for mankind. And then what's cool is that I, I left one side of a game terrain here um, blank so people can actually create their own spinning terrain and actually uh, Hebrew schools use this quite often um, so I actually printed up a bunch of these just to have and, and like when people in synagogues for their Hebrew school want them I give them extra blank terrains and their kids can draw whatever they want on it that's awesome um, alright well this is amazing this is so cool and I think it's just cool that you've reinvented uh, a game that's you know thousands of years old and finally finally someone's figured out how to, how to make this game not suck <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's it right there, like, to be very blunt. And now it's an excuse to get together with your, with your friends and, and drink and eat and have fun and not only do it during the eight nights of Hanukkah. And, um, I mean, Major League Dreidel's mission statement really is, you know, extend the dreidel season. Like, I say it to people, like, it's okay to spin, you know, in November, and it's okay to spin into January. And, uh, and that's kind of where we're at. Like, I always break out, like, every year, I always break out the synagogue and the Target Tops table earlier and earlier and it always stays out later and later to the, to the point when it's going to just be a year-round thing yeah. can you spin on Shabbos <laughs> I don't spin on Shabbos <laughs> awesome All right, Eric uh, thanks for uh, kibitzing with me oh man my pleasure Uh, if you're interested in getting a spinagogue of your own, there is a limited supply, I'm told, available at the Reboot Shop, which is rebootshop.org. Let them know that you heard about the spinagogue from the kibitz. Uh, and for more on Major League Dreidel, go to majorleaguedreidel.com. Remember, no guilt, no glory. In 1983, Joel Ben Izzy graduated from Stanford and set off to travel the globe, gathering and telling stories. Since then, he has performed and led workshops in 35 countries. Over the years, he's won awards from the Parents' Choice Foundation, NAPA, the ALA, and a Booklist Editor's Choice Honor. 
Joel's first book was the acclaimed memoir, The Beggar King and The Secret of Happiness, which has been published in 17 languages. Here's an excerpt from his recent kids' book, Dreidels on the Brain. This is the first night of Hanukkah, H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H, or if you prefer, Hanukkah, C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H, or Hanukkah, H-A-N-A-K-A. I've even seen it spelled K-H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H. That's how you know it's a Jewish holiday. We can't even agree how to spell it. Mr. Culpepper, my seventh grade English teacher, who is really tall with a beard, and so cool that he's practically a hippie, told us that the word ketchup can be spelled more ways than any other word in the English language. Ketchup, 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 catsip, catsoup. There are about 20 different spellings. Really, you can combine those letters almost any way you want, and it works. So that's what I'll do with Hanukkah. Keep trying different spellings until I find the best one. But however you spell it, ketchup is about what you put on hamburgers and french fries. And Hanukkah is all about miracles. At least it's supposed to be. Growing up Jewish, you hear plenty about miracles. Moses crossing the Red Sea, manna in the wilderness... Daniel in the lion's den, there's a whole song about miracles in Fiddler on the Roof, which we've seen more times than I can count. So I know all about how miracles are supposed to work, but they don't. Not for me, and not for my family. What we get is the exact opposite. Mr. Culpepper says you need to define your terms or no one knows what you're talking about. According to Rabbi Goldberg, who took over at our temple after Rabbi Buxelbaum died, a miracle is when the exact right thing happens at the exact right time, just when you need it the most. It comes as a surprise. You can't believe it, but there it is, clear as day, and you say, wow, it's a miracle. But Mr. Culpepper also said, you can define a term by its opposite, which is called its antonym. So what's the word for the exact opposite of a miracle? Like when you really, really need something to happen, even though it's a long shot. So you hope, and you hope, and then when you can't hope anymore, you start to pray and ask God to please, please, let this one thing happen. And if it does, I'll believe in you for the rest of my life. And then, finally, when it seems like time has run out and there's no hope at the last minute, it doesn't happen. I've been looking for a word for that for a long time. Then... A couple of weeks ago, I found one. Actually, two. My mom was talking to her friend, Esther. She actually has three friends named Esther, but they're easy to tell apart. This is the one who used to smoke and keeps on quitting. I'm glad because smoking stinks and is disgusting. Not only that, it kills you. Now that Esther has quit smoking again, she has a new hobby. Complaining about her husband, Harold, who doesn't pay enough attention to her. So there we were at the Finkelstein's daughter's wedding reception. I'm wearing my new chiffon burgundy dress for the very first time. But does Harold even notice? No. He's too busy staring at Mrs. Finnig. God knows why she's skinny as a stick. And he says to her, That's a lovely dress, and those are beautiful earrings, Mrs. Finnig. Then Esther says to my mom, So what am I, chopped liver? I'd heard the phrase before, but never really thought about it. Mom, I asked later, why did Esther say she was chopped liver? What? 
she asked, confused. Chopped liver, I said again, louder. My mom doesn't hear very well. I have to look right at her when I speak. Esther asked if she was chopped liver. Why? Well, she said, chopped liver is an expression that means nothing special. Like, this weekend I have no plans, so I'm chopping liver? Not exactly, my mom said. You only say it to complain when you feel like nothing special. What am I, chopped liver? It was funny to hear her say that, because she never complains about anything, even when she should. Everyone's heard about the Jewish mother, who makes you feel guilty. She gives you two shirts for Hanukkah, and when you try one on, she says, What's the matter? You don't like the other one? That's not my mom. She wants to believe everything is wonderful, even when it's not, which is pretty much all the time. And I'm the type of kid who tries to make everything wonderful for her because I can't stand it when she's miserable. Sometimes I manage to do it. But when I can't, I end up feeling worse than the kid with two shirts. Even though the words chopped liver are English, it's a Yiddish expression. Yiddish is a Jewish language, like Hebrew, except Hebrew is for praying and Yiddish is for complaining and for making jokes. It's really good for that. There are a bunch of Yiddish words that are just plain funny, like Gesundheit. That's what you say when someone sneezes. But it works as a punchline all by itself. If you don't believe me, try shouting it out sometime. You'll see. All right, that is all for our first year of the kibitz. Woohoo! If you liked it, hey, you know, let us know. Uh, review us on iTunes. Please spread the word via your social networks. Tell your family when you're sitting around the Hanukkah bush uh, this Hanukkah. We're on Twitter at KibitzPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheKibitz. And you can email me at KibitzPod at gmail.com. I answer emails constantly. That's all I do. Just uh, It's nonstop here. Uh, or tweet me at Dan Crane here and give me a follow too while you're at it. I'd like to thank my guests Eric Pavoni and Joel Ben Izzy. Don't forget you can pick up a spinagogue at rebootshop.org and if you want a copy of Dreidels on the Brain it's available at your local bookseller or at the behemoth amazon.com This episode was produced and edited by me, Dan Crane, with the help of Adam Sachs, Sarah DeLeo, and David Jargowski. Special thanks to David Katznelson, Francine Hermelin, and as always, Reboot. Our main theme is courtesy of Nunon Plu. And, as my great-grandmother used to say, That's the way it is in a small town with a large population. Hope you have a happy and healthy 2017 from the kibitz. Kibitz.